All right, welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the J episode. I am your host, Jahans Maniga, aka Canadian Rebel, aka 12. If you know me that well, make sure to like and subscribe to the Phyllis 68 Media Network for more content such as this. Different representatives represented our alma mater, such as I'm doing today. I got a very special guest today. I'm so excited that the homie's on. Uh, he was a favorite as a Blue Jay uh, player. Three-point scorer, uh, energy guy coming off the bench. Uh, he's a co-host of the Scurry and the Scrub podcast with our good friend, alumni of the show, Matt DeMarinas. Uh, he was a three-time All-Independent School League performer when he was in high school, a thousand-point performer as well. He is the pride of Dedham, Massachusetts, doing in Scurry. Wow. 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 Welcome to the day, bro, bro. Can we take a second for that intro? That was that's easily the best intro I've ever gotten in my entire life, hands down. I promise you, bro. One thing I promise myself on is to give a good intro to my guests because I want you guys to come back. Oh, you, I, I, oh, I know. I've seen. I've been obviously. I'm a fan of the podcast, so I've been watching mm -hmm. your episodes. That and you, you give some great shows. That one though, I think because it was me, maybe I'm just. That was one of the nicest intros ever. I'll take it. I'm not the, definitely not the pride of Dedham, though. I'll, I I got to throw that out there. But I'll take the intro. Everything else, I'll take it. So here's the thing you got to know. This is a very biased podcast, a very Creighton-centric podcast. So to oh, us, you there are we the go. pride of Dedham. So you okay. don't even have to like. I'll take All right. No, no, no. I, I understand that. I'm, I'm with the Creighton-centric. But to, to them, to Creighton, I'm, I want them to think I'm the pride of all of Massachusetts. Don't get it twisted. That's not, it's not oh, Caleb's. Geez. It's not Marcus's. I'll take it. <laughs> Let me correct myself. The you know pride me. of Massachusetts. <laughs> Jordan Curry is on the podcast hey, with us. It's, it's not Tom Brady. It's me. It's me. Right. It's me. I hear you, bro. How you doing, bro? I miss you, bro. I'm good, man. Yeah, I miss you too, man. It's been it's been a minute since we've seen each other. It's been easily over three years now. So, jeez, jeez, kind of crazy to think wild. about. So good to you know. I love to spend my summers in Omaha. That's usually when I see you. Uh, of course, the pandemic kind of put a little a little bit of a spin on that. But yeah, I guess we have to do it this way every once in a while, don't we? Hey, I don't mind this now. I'm kind of getting adjusted. I'm used to it now. So mm -hmm. I'm glad to get on here with you, man. Bro, you got to show your face in Omaha this summer if you can, because you, oh, know, yeah. you and I, we got to chop it up just like we used to back in the days. You know what we, I mean? Like, it's yeah, been too long. We got to get a good group of guys. Should, we, should we put this out as a spoiler? You trying to do College World Series? Are we all, Are we doing a thing? Can we do a, so, hey, we'll do a Field of 68, Scurry and the Scrub collab, hey, at College World Series? Whoa, whoa. What are we talking about? <laughs> we, we, maybe, maybe, maybe we're doing something here. Okay. All okay, right. We'll leave that for another. We'll leave that for another podcast. We'll leave that for another I, one. I, Throw that in the atmosphere, bro. I need that to happen for sure. We need a good group of guys we'll to see. come back in the summertime and just, you know, do it like we used to. One time for yeah. the one time, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, man, I miss it. Because you remember just that was some of the best times, just those open runs in the summer were mm -hmm. like, that was, I think, my visit too. Because, you know, I came, obviously, being a preferred walk-on, like, my visit was that College World Series. Like, I came for that weekend because they had the camp there. That was the first time I had ever met Mac and anybody. So it was fun mm -hmm. because – that was when I got to play with all you guys. I got to play with you. I think it was my first game I remember playing against you, and it was against you and Malik in open gym. Yeah. You and Malik in open gym. <laughs> and you – man, I knew that – like, then that's when I knew because it was, it was – I was luckily still in high school because I got to play against you then because I was like, yeah, I got to get my game right because these dudes – y'all were in the summer, so y'all were bouncy. Y'all were, like, 
on it trying to trying to get some. So I was like, man, that was it. So it was fun. Some good memories in the summer. You're not the only guy that has like that kind of story because TC committed in the summer too. And he oh, yeah. that was his host on his visit too. We went to a college world series game, me, him, and his dad and uh Isaiah. And then like after that, it was a rapper, like, oh, he coming here. I'm like, yo, D-Rock, don't worry about it. He's here. <laughs> college <laughs> World College World Series that week, man, in the summer. If you can get recruits out for that weekend, it'll it it'll show them a good enough time in Omaha that they'll be like, all right, this is a cool place. Like it, it really yeah. is. Before we start reminiscing a little bit too much, yeah, bro, let's talk about real. last night's game. A little bit too much insanity for, for my liking. I'm over here up at 4 a.m. pulling my hairs because I don't even know what the hell is going to happen next. But the Jays were able to pull it out 54 to 52. Tough, gritty game at home. Before we get into the like, before we start nitpicking the game a little yeah. bit, I just want to know your initial reaction to what you saw last night. Honestly, I, uh, initial reaction was just wow because it was such a low scoring game right that we're not used to at home but then i think after like letting it resonate like with accepting that it was going to be that game like once the second half started and everything um and seeing how the pace wasn't you know normally what it is at home uh i was kind of proud of that squad man those young these young Mm -hmm. jays have been impressing me all year like with games in and out like I think for this one, it was that they're showing they, they can pull off these like close games that they can win in different ways. It doesn't have to be like that traditional kind of like for at least my squads, like for the four years I was there where it was like we always had to get like at least 75 points. We had to get in transition. That pace had to be set. You know, this team has kind of shown that they they can they can win those 54, 52 games. They can pull off some close games because they've done it. That kind of scares me a little bit, though, because, you know, like you said, the teams that I played on, the teams that I watched that you were on, if we don't get to that 75-point mark, we're hard-pressed to win that game. You know what I mean? Like, defensively, we weren't that team that could just hold guys under 55 and and just be okay with it. We were the teams that were getting up and down. We had to get the possessions up there uh, in a double digits at the very least, or triple digits, I should say, at the very least, to give ourselves a chance to win. But these guys are doing it in like what like 80 some possessions like yeah. holding teams down to like 55 and under and, and winning some of those close games now of course we saw them lose like the arizona state game is the one that really sticks to my craw a really close game that was in the 50s as well that they end up losing um but it just it kind of strikes me how different this team is from a traditional coach back led team that would like to get up and down offensively and you know shoot the three which we haven't been doing such a good job of this year Right. And that Arizona game stings for me, too, because I bet a heavy set of money on that game. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but 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 no, I think you're right, though, man, like because they're, they're showing that even in these close games, like obviously with the way that we've always played, like at Creighton, like you, you don't want to fall too much into that, like letting the other team dictate the pace of the game. Um, but I guess when you find yourself in those games, like when you do play a Nova in a neutral site or on the road and you do play uh, a Butler like at even home and you can't get it going. It's, it's encouraging to see, and especially from such a young team that they can defend at a high enough level to pull those games out. Cause they're, I mean, big East, man, that's the other thing I've been saying. And just like, you know, that big East schedule is just so grueling. And, and, and for a young team to like have won this many games already on the road and have been like keeping up with, like, I don't know, they have an identity. I, I see it now. So they just got to win the games that they need to win now. So we'll see. I'm glad you used that word identity because 
like I said, if you're a Creighton fan, if you're a former player, if you're an alumni, you're looking at this team and just like, I don't quite recognize it because our identity for so long during whole, all of Mag's tenure, to be honest, has been we run, we gun, we shoot the three, we make threes. Right. Last night, they only make four as a team. I think they shot 27% from the three-point line. But somehow, somewhere, they're still able to pull out a victory. So my question to you, Skr Skr, is this okay. the identity of this team? Like, should we give up this idea that a crane team is going to be this let it fly, run and gun style? Or are we just going to have to accept that they're going to have to be gritty? They're going to have to be tough. They're going to have to win some 50-point, 60-point games. I don't think we should accept the fact. No, no, no. I don't think any crane team, and I, I don't I don't think Mac would say that they, like, you should accept the fact that they're just going to yeah. be this close game team. No, 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 no. I think they want to play this way that we're saying that both of our, like, teams played. But they're capable of winning these close ones. I think, obviously, you don't want it to go that way, but – it's nice to have confidence and something Matt and I talk a lot about is just this idea of like collecting data. We like to talk about because it's like, you know, winning games in different ways gives you confidence down the line. And I think like this team being so young and winning in so many different ways and being able to pull out these close games, not that it's their identity, but they should have confidence in it down the line. Then it's like, they were able to do that during the season when it was like even tougher because it was actually on the road and everything. So going into like this last half of the season, they should have confidence in that. And no, I don't, I guess it's not like a abandon that identity, but I think this is just part of their identity that they are able to do that. So I think that's what it is. Couple of standout J's. Uh, Arthur Kaluma, 16.7 rebounds. Ryan Hawkins, 15 points, two rebounds. Trey Alexander, who is, just Man. in his presence, he just made itself be felt, be seen. Eight points, three rebounds off the bench. Uh, but more, more important than that is just his presence on the floor. He's been able to get into the paint, two feet jump stops, making good decisions out there. Uh, talk to me about, like, those three guys. And obviously, like, they were the bulk of the Jays scoring uh, in such a low-scoring uh, affair. But talk to me about those three guys in particular. Let's start with Arthur Kaluma. What did you see out there? Man, Arthur made some cra- – like, I think his it, – it's so fun for me to watch the evolution of his game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've been saying it in – to even Crane fans, you know, on Twitter and everything, they've just been like, there's – he's – you can tell that he's a freshman. There's such frustrating moments, like when he scores seven points only at Nova in a big game, you know. But it's like, watch it – like, his development. Watch his development. Watch how he's seeing the game different. Like, to see it game to game as someone who's, like, really watching it – is is very cool to see because he has made he's learned how to pick and choose his spots in the second half and i think he's really developing as like a guy down the stretch where he can go get a bucket because even in a close game like last night you saw him when he had the mismatch when uh the big came out on him and he made a crazy crossover move got to the lane and finished yeah between the leg and one i think that was like with like four minutes left or so some that that was like i i saw it like in his eyes where he realized he was like oh no i I'm going to go get a bucket right here. So mm-hmm. it's encouraging to see that from him. It's encouraging to see him kind of like grow as a player. He's learning uh, what shots are, you know, kind of his shots and when to attack better. So it, it's just fun to watch his just development as a, you know, freshman. I've been pretty critical of him, to be honest, because like, again, he comes in with so much promise. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. Coach Max's highest rate of recruit in Coach Max's tenure as a Crane uh, head coach. 
so a lot of eyes are on him initially, and he just doesn't kind of hit the ground running the way you would think that he would want to. Obviously, I'm sure he has higher expectations of himself than anybody has for him. So we, you're right about like the gradual, like him getting better and better as the, as the days, as the games go by. But I think for me, all I wanted to see is just a little bit more consistency. You know, if at this point in your career, all you can give us is eight points, seven rebounds, do that every night. You know, like don't okay, show us the nights where, where you give us 17 and another night you give us like two. Or like you give us like nine rebounds and then you give, it like, you give us like one. I just wanted to see more consistency from him. But you're right. Like I have to kind of take a step back and realize that, you know, these guys are still 18 years old trying to figure it out. And it wasn't now, like I had all this game figured out too when I was 18 for sure. Because, and this is kind of to go off that is because kind of what I've been saying a lot about this team in particular is, and I know you can attest to this, is it's different having like no real veterans who've gone through a big E season and understand like how important January road games at Xavier and like uh, little home games, like back-to-back home games are like, just understanding that I think is huge. And I think this team not having that and like not having a lot of guys who have even like gone through like how your body feels after a big season and like guys not telling you like, cause I don't know where I'd be. My body would be if I didn't have guys being like, all right, yo, this is a time in the middle of the season. We got to go hard, like get your body right mm-hmm. for the end. So you'll be healthy at the end of the season. Like, I don't know where I'd be. So it's like just even understanding those things are new for this team. Cause they're so new to the big East, new to, you know, young uh, bro i agree as you can see from the flag i was a value boy to start and i remember yeah. halfway through that biggie season my senior year which means i got the three years of division, division one college basketball my body still felt some type of way so like i definitely understand that's why i'm saying like it, it's up to me to like i've been preaching exercising patience too which is so oh, yeah. funny i've been saying it every single podcast of but course. i just these guys they're so talented they're so good so to give you a little bit more hope every once in a while you know what i mean like Arthur Kaluma is definitely one of those guys for you where like, I see all the potential and I see all the promise and maybe I'm thinking he should be a little bit more ahead of schedule or maybe it's me just not recognizing where he's at right now. But I do agree with you. Like it's been impressive to see his development as the season's gone on. But it's, I get you though. That's that consistency. And I, I like mm-hmm. that point too. I think that's just like knowing yourself. And that's to my point, just like that's the maturation of his game. I think when that clicks, when he finds how to be, cause I, I, I think, to what you're saying, I don't think he necessarily knows how to be that consistent yet. But I think once he figures that out, that's when he's going to tap into that level that we're talking about. Talk to me about Ryan Hawkins. It's, anytime he has a good game, it's good to see because you see he's taking his lumps a little bit as the Big East season has progressed. He hit the ground running early on in the season. Kind of hit a little bit of a you know lull there in the last couple of games. But we see he has the capability still to pick it up whenever he needs to. The game on the road against UConn is a great indicator of that. And then last night, uh, dropping 15-2. and two. Uh, Talking about Ryan Hawkins and how he looked out there for you. Yeah. Last night, just, I mean, going right to that, just that big shot at the end. Big three at the end to put them big up. Time. I think it was up by six with that three. I think it was at the end late there. But that was big. He's got a quick trigger. It's, it's, it's fun to watch him. Him and I think another, another thing from just from that game last night, Yo, it's fun to watch him and Alex both come off those pin downs. They're getting really, mm-hmm. really crafty with it now. And I think even in last night's game, where normally, and I know Mac probably stresses this to the both of them, where they, he probably wants them to come off, obviously, wider to the three more. They did mm-hmm. a really good job last night of coming around some of them, getting crafty and being able to make plays. Ryan and Alex, just in particular, um, 
But yeah, man, I think Ryan's been huge for this team. He's been able to provide like some type of leadership and like in games like last night, being able to make big shots, like I was like alluded to, and just being able to try to like, you know, be a scoring threat for them and like be consistent from that three point line. I know like they have been struggling as of late, but he can shoot the ball and like he's going to need to come up big like for us later in the season. So good to see him going. Before we go move on to Trey Alexander, I did notice that Coach Max started running some ISO post options for not only Kaluma. I saw Hawkins out there. Uh, Cogrenner actually had a nice dime where he had that ISO post option to Kaluma diving for a layup. Uh, it, like, is this something that we're going to get a little bit more familiar with? Because it seemed like down the stretch, especially when they needed a bucket, that's kind of like he ran some sort of action that ended up in a post ISO for those guys. He cleared the entire side of the floor for them to go to work. And more often than not, they're able to produce for the Jays. So in your opinion, obviously watching them as this team progresses, is this like a little bit more isolation on the block? Should we expect to see more of this as Jays fans? I mean, I don't think so. And I don't, I think hopefully, I think that was just a result of just the shooting last night um, and the pace yeah. at which, and the pace <laughs> at <true>. which, <laughs> and the pace at which Butler is playing. Cause I think ideally we'd like to just hit a, lot more threes and not have to, you know, throw the ball into the post. But I think when Mac just kind of like, he, I think that was a great adjustment by Mac, like noticing that when the threes weren't falling, like had to go get it somewhere else. And yeah, they, it worked yesterday. Well, I don't know uh, how well that will, uh, I don't know, like be a consistent theme. Yeah. But on the stretch. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, and I like to, to the point before, like, I don't know how much of that we want to make the identity, but Hey, nice to know we're able to do that when needed. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'd like to ideally see them get back to hitting a lot more threes. I think they would too. Trey, Trey Alexander, man. What a hey, revelation this he's is, been for the J. This Talk is one. I, you know what? Talk to me about Yeah. It. Okay. Here's, it's, I have a lot, but this is one I wanted to ask you about more specifically, because I think mm. the spark, like you've been known, obviously in your career, obviously always has to spark, uh, just for whatever team, because the amount of energy you're able to bring as a guy who's not even as like vocal as you are. Like trainer's been able to bring definitely a spark, like guys get energized. Like when he comes on the floor, he's found, he's been energized, like in his play, he's done really well, as you said before, like with, you know, getting in the paint, keeping his dribble, being very fundamental, not like not getting too tricky, being very like fundamental in there, like being very uh, calculated where have you seen, like, he – where did you see a click for him, like, in the season? Like, because I know you've had those moments where you're like, okay, I'm really providing value to this team now, and this is how yeah. I figured it out. Where do you think it clicked for him? Because I don't know where it came from. Did you, do you think it was just – what do you – you got you to help me out. I'll be honest. I thought they had a good mojo going up until that Nebraska game, and he played really well during that Nebraska game on the road too, right? Which is like the, that was their first real test of the season, an arrival on the road for a super young team, uh, you know, excluding obviously. I keep saying super young team. I keep forgetting that O'Connell and uh, Hawkins are seniors. They definitely yeah. like don't look at this team. As, they're just trying to be like, yo, I'm trying to make the tournament in my last year before I head out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Alex is like, like, yo, I'm trying to make the league. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. And you know he got, like, the athleticism yeah, and the shooting right. to do it. Honestly, if he if he finds a spot in, like, a G League situation, I'm sure he's going to be able to work his way up. Right. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Right. But for Trey, I feel like after that Nebraska game, like, he just kind of got a handle of it a little bit more. And then what is surprising is the team started losing a little bit after that Nebraska game. And I think he realized, oh, I'm not doing enough 
Mm. So, so you see, like, after they came back from their Thanksgiving trip, uh, like, the ball was in his hands a little bit more. And that's when I saw, like, he actually knows what he's doing because he was getting downhill, like I mentioned, in the open. Like, he gets on a two-foot jump stop. He knows how to pivot out of there if he needs to. He's got a strong enough body, which is very impressive at that stage in his development to be able to, like, go up against bigger guys, protect the ball, and finish. And what has impressed me the most is his ability to kick out out of those situations. And he's been, like, uh, I mean, we talked about Alex O'Connell shooting, like, 50-some percent from three early on in the Big East uh, play, in Big East play. A lot of those shots, if you look back on the film, came from uh, Trey going downhill, sucking in the defense, kicking it out, allowing O'Connell to get his feet set and to knock it down. So if you – if I was to like pinpoint when it happened, I was going to say like right after Thanksgiving is when I think Trey was like, I need to do a little bit more if we want to get back into our winning ways and kudos to him because he took that responsibility on his shoulders. And obviously he's been able to provide, uh, right. but he's been such a revelation for the Jays. Obviously he's won two uh, freshman of the week awards so far. Him and Nemhard are kind of, you know, yeah. going at it, going at <laughs> it, going at it for that award. I think actually Kaluma might get it this week. And just kind of get his for the first time. But again, I want to hear your opinion on Trey, because like you said, like he's been so impressive. Uh, he's done so many good things. He's been a spark plug off the bench. So what has been your impression of him so far? Yeah, no, I'm glad. I, I, I appreciate your answer to that just because like, I've been trying to pinpoint when, like thinking back to when I saw him emerge like this and I thought it might've been uh, the Nova game, you know, uh, just at home, but, I'm glad you brought up just like right before like the Nebraska game, because I think the losing after that did kind of affect that and like him embracing that role after, because last night, man, just to highlight, like he got in a game and immediately like ripped. I think Butler was in like some, some type of pseudo zone at the time or some type of whatever matchup, a little bit of a matchup. Match he yeah. ripped through and got to the basket with such ease. Like he, he got in there and he was under such control and finished mm -hmm. with the left. Like he has such crazy finishing ability. Like I think he is very talented at such a young age. And I think he, like, there's a good feeling like the guys, like, and from who I've talked to just around the team and everything, like they feel like he brings an energy, like now that he's hooping and he kind of understands that responsibility, like everyone's energized around him. The coaches are energized around him that he's embracing that role. He's embracing that responsibility now of being that guy who's supposed to, you know, like you're saying to the point, be consistent, consistent in his role of coming off the bench, scoring X amount of points, being able to get in there, kick out, create for others. So he brings a lot to the table. So mm -hmm. it'll just be nice to see again, like Arthur, like his just maturation as a player. So I'll be totally honest. Two things here. The reason I'm able to pinpoint it is because I remember when we got defensive rebounds in that Nebraska game. And for whatever reason, Ryan was Ryan Nemhard. I'm talking about right now was hooping like crazy. Right. And I kept thinking like, when we get a rebound, find Ryan on the outlet and let the guys run and go. But there was a couple of like possessions where the ball ended up being outletted to Trey. And I remember feeling really nervous seeing him bring up the ball. And the reason I'm able to pinpoint it now is because like, I remember when like me being nervous kind of settled down <laughs> and it was after Thanksgiving because I had seen enough. I was just like, you know what? Give the young man the ball back. He knows what he's doing with it. So, like, that's why I'm For able sure. to pinpoint it, number one. And then number two, I wanted to say, like, you could tell because, like, you have been on, like, some really good teams that has some great camaraderie off the court. So have I. I can tell that he's definitely, like, a locker room favorite. Like, oh, yeah. for sure, those guys are riding with him in the locker room. Like, they got his back no matter what he says or does. 
like you can tell like he's one of those guys that like for whatever reason when he's in the locker room guys are really taking a liking to him so like that's the one thing that like being that kind of guy I know you were that kind of guy too that was beloved in the locker room I feel like Trey is that guy for this team oh, he as is. well and and he's definitely earned that however he earned it he did uh but I just see like the confidence that the guys have on him um like while the game is going on that definitely stems from more than what he's performing in practice this is definitely like locker room you know hanging out with the guys going to dinner lunch whatever with the guys and just like building that camaraderie off the court that's really helping us play on the court well you you know just like i know like when you are a like good overall dude your team like when you're like you can tell like they're trying to boost him up now. Like they've seen now and and you have to just, you have to be such a great teammate, like for guys Mm -hmm. to want to boost you up like that. And he has to like be that guy on and off the court. So glad to see it. Hope he continues his success, man. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at bet rivers Sportsbook. If we haven't signed up with bet rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call telephone number 1-800-GAMBLER. I definitely want to talk to you about this because like we're talking about the current state of the team right now, going into the season, seeing so many young, fresh faces on campus. Uh, you got Ryan Hawkins who transferred in from division two. Obviously O'Connell was essentially the elder statement. If you don't count Sharif, who unfortunately has been hurt for the most part of the year. I assume going into the season that this is going to be a year where the Jays are going to take their lumps. They're going to learn the hard way. They're going to take tough losses. Uh, but if they all stick together, that sophomore year of, you know, Nemhard, Alexander, Kaluma, Christopoulos, uh, Mason Miller at the time, obviously I thought it was going to be in a rotation. Uh, if they came back for their sophomore year, they're going to be really good. I'm talking about like really, really, really good. I mentioned it a little bit earlier on that the issue with this team for me is that they give me such high hope sometimes because of how well they can play that you kind of forget that, you know what, the majority of these guys that Coach Mack is hanging his hat on are freshmen and that Kalkbrenner is actually a sophomore. And if you look back at last year, Christian Bishop took most of those minutes. Kalkbrenner really spelled him for about 10 to 12, maybe max 14 minutes a game. Uh, so what was your initial reaction going into the season and how has like the Jays play up to this point changed or maybe confirmed some of your assumptions going into the season? Yeah, I think I was kind of with you just in terms of, I was like, they're young. I didn't have the highest of expectations. I thought the, the pick eight, I didn't think eight. I didn't think that was like, obviously, but that, that, but you know, you know how it, Hey, hold on. I don't want to interrupt you. I knew, I knew the Big East fucked up when they did that because I'm like, Coach Mike is going to write that every day That's on the board. Saying. That's going to be a motivation for the boys every single day. There's no way they're eight or below. Like, there's no chance, right? Yeah, that that never made sense to me. I, I, I never thought that low. I'll say that, but I did think they were young, and I thought, like you, like they were going to take their bruises. I thought they were going to take some tough some losses here and there. Things would happen, but overall, I've been impressed. Like you're saying, like, 
I knew if they stuck together and they all bought in and they had an identity for me, it was if they could form their identity early and they could be like that Creighton identity of the running gun, the flip ups, the transition, the defense, like everything, like obviously Mac wants them to be. I was like, okay, they could be ahead of schedule. They could be some serious this year. Um, And so like you, I've been like very impressed early on and also um, like very disappointed Arizona state, but uh, you know, I just like, it's just, yeah, they're, they've been pretty up and down, but I think they're starting to, I think they're starting to figure out an identity. I didn't think they might be able to pull off. Like I was saying of being that team that is able to pull off, like, uh, I don't know. Low scoring tight. Yeah, game. like the it's low scoring tight. Yeah. Like it's, I, I'm just not accustomed to it as a great team. So I'm like, they, mm-hmm. they're able to do it. And so I don't know. Maybe I'm just being an optimist here, but hey, I think they can, like, if that's their identity and they can ride with that, they can be impressive. But I don't know. Right now, they're kind of just like a little above where I thought they would be. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I think that's a good place to put them. To speak on your optimism, bro, this is the place for it. Because if anybody who's been paying attention to this podcast, this is the most biased podcast. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. Jack, Jack, our producer, who's working, you know, the, the board behind the scenes yeah. right now. When we had our little podcast last week, I told him straight mm. up, I, I'm going to do a, a a bracket where the Jays win it all. So like, oh, yeah. I always that's do. How, <laughs> that's a, it, as a, It's a thing we all do, right? No? I think we all do yeah, that. It's like I, I thought it was universal, but I remember a couple of years ago on my Twitter and people were like, oh, that's blasphemous. Like, we know you love the Jays. We love the Jays too. But don't, I'm like, come on, what do you mean? You got to at least make one. Yeah, you always got to make one. You always got to make one. I, I, I'm with I, you. I'm I, riding with you. I'll be honest. I make a couple. I make like four. <laughs> oh, no, I make a couple, but I always make one that's just Creighton. It's always one <laughs> yeah. that's just Creighton. I'll, no, make, I mean, I'll like, make a. I'll make like four where Creighton wins. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> you, you're very. You have a whole like a Creightonology. It's a different path of how they get there, but like they'd be winning at the end. The you, all right. Word. You have to do a Creighton Bracketology show then on the field of 68 Media. You have to do a whole. No, I, I, I need to get that done. I swear to God, Jeff Goodman, like when I said that in our uh, Phil the 68 media uh, group chat last year was just like no chance in hell. But I mean, that's all good, too. I just I write for my boys, man. I'm telling you, they just they give me such hope sometimes, too. And especially like, I mean, let's go back to last year's team, who was a Sweet 16 team who, you know what? I kind of want to get into this as well. So we might as well do it now. You were on a couple of like the more uh, historic recent teams. Uh, before we started recording, you and I talked about, you know, like how it went down in the Big East Championship when you guys got pulled off the floor and all that stuff. Uh, that was essentially your last game as a Creighton Blue Jay. I, I just want to know, you know, from the horse's mouth, what was your feelings of that game? And obviously, like, you think that it might not be done yet to find out the next week that the entire season is now a wash. And, you know, that is how your career ends. How tough was it, especially coming off the week before where you were at home against Cena Hall, clinch a Big East regular season championship, you basically go out on top, and then everything just kind of goes down the drain due to COVID? Yeah, honestly, I don't even <laughs> – that's a hard one to answer, to be honest. Like, it, <laughs> because like, in the moment, it, it was different. Like, when the season ended, everything – and I, I'm trying to think, in, like, when it hit me, because honestly, it didn't even all hit me 
until I was really like on that flight home. Cause like we flew back to Omaha after, you know, the, the garden was clear. We end at halftime, right? Like we go back to a hotel room. I said about it, my family, they tell us like, you either can go home, home, like from here, or you can go back yeah. to Omaha. And I'm like, going back to Omaha, man, the gym's there. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> right. And so you, I go back. you're still thinking like, yeah, I'm still, mode, I'm right? still yeah. thinking, yeah, I'm still thinking I got like, it doesn't matter if, if there's a game or not tomorrow. It's like, you still got to get in the gym, whatever. So I think it really hit me, obviously when I went home the next morning. So we fly back like on a, I think it was like a, whatever Friday night. And then I flew out like a Saturday morning. And then I was on my flight home. I get back and I think it all hit me then because that's when I was like, oh, wow, there's really like, like this, the season was over, but it wasn't like the season was over. Cause I was kind of riding on that Seton Hall game, you know, like that was my senior night, like mm-hmm. had a lot of family had like, I was still riding off the high that was that, but it was like over. So it really didn't hit me. I want to say until like graduation when I, I didn't walk that I was like, wow, that's kind of really how it ended. Yeah. That, so oh, no. like about May, May of that year, that's when it hit. And I was like, wow, this is really how it just ends. So yeah, no, it was, it was weird, man. And it was weird to get the email. Like, you know, like, so I came back even, and even when the season ends a week later, I'm like, all right, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still go back for graduation. I'm still go back senior spring. You know me, I'm like, Hey, senior spring. Yeah. Oh, team lady. You already lady. know what it is. I'm, <laughs> in, you know, I'm in the wire. I got the wire. I'm like, Oh, we in the wire senior spring. Oh, we good. And so I'm sitting in my, like, I come home and I'm, I get the email, like, that there's no senior spring. That's when it was like, oh, like, this is kind of how the Creighton career ends. So it was nice to be able to, you know, now even have the podcast, be able to kind of rehash some of that year and even after, like, talk to some of the guys who were on the tournament team, like you were saying from last year, because it did end the way it did. But yeah, no, it, 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 it took a while for it to, like, be real, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. I was in Hungary watching that game, watching you guys get pulled off the floor. Uh, at halftime, obviously, because I'm watching the broadcast, the guy from Fox Sports goes, uh, yeah, this game has been officially canceled. Uh, the ACC tournament is now officially canceled. Like, the NBA has suspended a couple of games, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, damn, like, this is actually happening, right? And that is, like, in the midst of where, like, my season in Hungary was also, like, up for grabs. We didn't know what was going on. Find out a couple of days later that the season officially canceled by that Friday, I was flying back to Canada and spent the whole summer in Canada then. So like, I, I kind of understand a little bit of, of like what you're talking about. So it's like the emotions of like riding high, like you just won a game, a big time. Yeah. Game. Like you feel like, you know, you guys are ascending because in my opinion, like that was a very, like that was a elite eight team in my eyes, especially because that year I was super focused in on what the other conferences were doing. And I didn't even have the podcast yet. I was just kind of paying attention to the college basketball landscape. And I just was like, oh, we could we could play with anybody. We could play can with I, anybody. Can I can so I brag? Like, can I brag? Let's hear it. I love this is that was I, we were the best team. That was the best team in the Mac. In the Mac. I'm sorry. We were the best team. We were the best team in the Mac era. Well, we were the best team in the we were the best Creighton team in the Mac era. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, no, 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 wait, wait. Big East, Big East, Big East. No, no, I, no, I understand. Big I understand. East. I want to know why. The Mac I want to know why. I want to know we why. We were the best. Yeah. We had it, man. I won. If you look at the record, I'm pretty sure the record is the best. Like the mm-hmm. road, we had the, and uh, we had. Okay. 
I think we, or if the record is not the best, if I, I might be mistaken, either the record is not the best. We had the most road wins in the Big East mm-hmm. in Big East season history. I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay, fair enough. Because I will say, I will say, my senior year's team in the Big East went 16 and 0 at home. The only four games in Big East that we lost were on the road. See, this so is. I'm glad I brought this up with you. This is no. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Because here, that was the team that I was thinking of. That would that that yeah. is that is like known as the best. So, I think, I think we might have been better, dog. I don't know. I I don't, I, I will. You know what? So, uh, I love that team that you were on for sure. And I will tell you like why I thought you guys had a better shot in March than we did and you know Korean fans I can I, I can, I can, I can also I can also I can also tell you why so go you go first yeah, I, okay, I have so an, I have the insider info too of like mine because Korean fans if you guys are hearing this I hope that you guys respond to this and we can have like this kind of ongoing debate I want to have this the, ongoing debate the reason why I thought you guys had a better chance to go deeper in March than we ever did because we kept losing the round of 32 for whatever reason I always believed that guard play really, really matters in March. When all the other teams know all your offenses, if you can have a guy who can consistently break down, break guys down off the dribble, which Zagorowski obviously clearly did a lot. And Tyshawn. And Tyshawn. And who's able to not only stop opposing guards because they're going to be relying on most of their guards as well. Um, I'm giving you the points right now. I know. I know. Just pay attention, bro. Why are you giving me the points? I have so many more already to make. No, no, I know. It's just, I'm I'm just thinking like reasons why I think your teams could have gone deeper in March as far as like an NCAA tournament. But now if you're asking me head to head, who would win your team versus my team? I think my team all day, every day. And that's why that's the difference that I'm giving you. Maybe you guys would have gone deeper in the tournament. Know what? If you were know to what? hypothetically play head to head, I think we got the the number. I will. I will give you. You know what? You're at because you you were so nice in giving me the points of why <laughs> my team would have gone deeper in March. Because you're absolutely right, and I'll add to that in yeah. a second. I'll give you the reason your team would have been my head to head. Well, reasons. Doug, we yeah. had nobody. We had nobody to guard him. We wouldn't have. And then two, your that team defensively. In a game, had yeah, in with, game. with in yeah. a game with you, y'all had the defense for Tyshawn, uh, Mitch Marcus. Yeah. Y'all kind of maybe we'll I'll give it to we'll, you. We'll, see. we'll split the difference. A little I'll, bit. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give that to you if we can because we can agree on that my team would have got deeper in the yeah. tournament. Because, and the only reason I say is support this too Tyshawn and Alexander got robbed of defensive player of the year that year. Oh, I know. And as a guy who feels like he certainly got robbed of defensive player of the year his senior year too, trust me, I was riding for them for sure, bro. Trust me. I, I appreciate individual good defense. And I think what gets lost in translation a little bit is guys who get high blocks or high steals automatically get funneled as good defensive players. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that if you look at the tape and you pay attention to what a guy does on a night in, night out basis, his ability to stop the dribble to be in good help situations, to be the anchor defensively, and especially in Tyshawn's case, and I'll also say in my case a little bit because I need to boast about this a little bit, I was very proud of what I did defensively as a guy that was always challenged to be placed on the best offensive player on the other team who was normally a a guard or a wing. 
you know, I, I felt so like was Ty. those guys got robbed too. Kyrie got robbed a little bit too. Uh, that first year, I think he won it twice after that. He won it twice. That, yeah. Even that freshman year, like Kyrie was Ty should have guys in a blender, bro. Trust me. When I if you look up the numbers, Matt, we 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 had an episode last year, kind of when we went over the numbers uh, mm-hmm. in, our, in our COVID week. Uh, but Tyshawn was, <laughs> and I know too, because you know, scout team. Yo, I was Miles Powell. I was Miles Powell in scout team. That was right. me. Tyshawn gave me fits. He understood angles like you under. Like he's annoying like you when you're in the gap, and I know you're over there, and I see enough room. And so I thought, but I don't understand how quick you are to that gap. Yeah. He was that way. He was yeah. that way where it's so annoying that it's like, yo, this dude has a knack. Like he was leading for the majority. I'm pretty sure for the majority of like that season, he was leading the conference in steals until someone had like a crazy stretch with like eight, like, a, like a five something. steal game, three something. nights in a row. Yeah, something. something. Like that, yeah. And so he, cause he was getting crazy. Like he was just in the gaps and he had been in the, you know how it is when you're, have that many years under max offense, like you really get an idea of like where to be in those gaps and how to be in help. So he, he adapted that. And so that's why, yeah, man, we, we had that. And the, the last point I do want to make to that is we were healthy. Like that was the Jeremy year, man. Like that was that, the year of the, that was it. Yo, yeah. I was in, I will say, and I've said this before, I was in the best shape of my life mm-hmm. that like at the end of that year, because I was, not not only because like because to physically obviously like the amount we run you're always in great shape but it was because I felt like better we weren't like squatting back squatting or anything like that anymore like we were like stretching like crazy every time we would have like that's when Jeremy started rolling us out on the table and everything like that's why I thought we were so healthy at the end of that year we mm-hmm. were excited like we all were like final four final four that I that I final four or bust. If you look at my 2013-2014 team, my senior year, Grant Gibbs was coming off of – he came early from having his kneecap, like, yeah. put out of place, essentially. Ethan Roggy and Grant Gibbs weren't practicing. They were only playing games. They only did walk-through practice because, like, their knees couldn't hold it anymore. And then, like, again, the reason why I give you guys the edge of going deeper in March for sure is because us having our offense that, like, obviously was very Doug McDermott reliant, which was a good thing for us in the regular season. Teams really, really keyed in on that. And like, no knock on myself or on Austin Chapman. At that point in our development, we weren't ready to like take the low whenever Doug got taken out of games, which I hate to admit it, looking back on it, obviously, like you think you're the man when you're in that situation. But when I look back on some of those games, I'm just like, damn, like I, I could have been better for the team. And like those one, two games when Doug really got taken away. So that's why I stress the fact that like the fact that Marcus, Tyshawn, Mitch really handled the ball. You had Denzel coming off the bench. And uh, Damian DJ, Jefferson. Yeah. DJ going crazy, bro. Crazy. You know what I mean? So like knowing that like that's who was handling the ball for the majority of the season, you guys were, in my opinion, uh, better situated to deal with the pressure that comes with March because you didn't have to run sets for those guys necessarily for them to get like good looks. We ran sets for Doug. And then obviously we had a little bit more like freestyle when we got stops. Coach Matt gave us the, the uh, ability to just go down and, you know, create yeah. shots for ourselves. But the majority of it was, you know, let's run our initial action for Doug. And then on the backside of that, guys will eat, which we all did. 
Um, but that that's also the reason why I'm saying like you guys definitely had a better maybe tournament team in my opinion. And it was just kind of sad to see that, you know, it, it didn't happen that way. And, you know, we could, we could always kind of wonder, but bro, one game, ain't no chance you guys got us. <laughs> hey, I don't know. We can see, let's roll it out. Let's roll it out. Cause that we were deep. We were deep, man. Yeah, you, you Hypothet- like, hypothetical. Let now nah, let's get, we got to get everyone on, in on this. We got to get, we got to get everybody from those two squads yeah. opinions on who will win and get, get the numbers on it. We'll see. We'll see. That's, we'll have that's what hey, look, this is an outgoing, this from me and Scurry. Yes. You guys got to come back this summer. Yeah. Like, let's do a little alumni weekend. This is big 12 energy, big 12 energy. <laughs> we going to get the, we going to get the squad back together for a big, yeah. big debate. Yep. Yep. I love that we're talking about this right now because I definitely wonder, like, I always want to stack my, my teams up. Even like the guys who were before me, the Kyle Corver years, the Anthony Tolliver years. Like, I always wonder, like, what would it look like if we actually had a chance to play their best year versus our best hey, year? And I actually, love to have this conversation. I got, a, I got a good story for you. Yeah. <laughs> so actually before, like, obviously we just talked about, uh, you know, the summertime, the runs in the summer and how fun those mm-hmm. were, right? So back to my senior year for Kyle Corver's, you know, he had that weekend. I think it was like that he was being honored, uh, like Jersey Return, yeah. some, some like that. No, he uh, had or a, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. That's what it was, Hall of Fame. So he had the Hall of Fame weekend, right? So, you know, a- Anthony Tolliver, everyone comes back. So that's my senior year. Mm-hmm. So that's before, like, the year we were just talking about. Anthony Tolliver's playing pickup with all of us. A bunch of alumni come back. Yeah. So I'm I'm butchering the story now because I forget his name, but we're playing and it's our like team. And so I'm on the squad. And so it's Tyshawn, like me, a couple of other guys. And then we're going against Tolliver and some of his like squad. Mm-hmm. And Tyshawn's like killing whatever. And then he like calls a foul, whatever. And then he and so and so and then so like Tyshawn calls a foul on their team. And then they're like, man, that ain't a foul. That ain't a foul. Yeah, blah, no blah, blah. Right, right, right. And then and then Ty's like, come on, man. That's a foul. That's a foul. And then Tolliver's walking near me and I'm laughing, right? And and I'm like, oh, that's Ty. And then they come back down and whoever their, like, killer was from their squad mm-hmm. called Ty out and was like, yeah, that was a foul. Come yeah, out here. Young boy. I forget I who it was. It is, bro. He did a tween, tween, uh-huh. pull up, like, old, you know, old head, like, acting yeah. like they're going to get busy and go to the basket on you, and then they just shoot. Tween, tween mean, you could tell you had bop, though. Hit the yeah. shot, and we're walk, running down the other side, and Tyler attached me, and he goes, that's so-and-so. And I was like, see, these old heads, they laugh at us. They, I know they yeah. laugh at us when we think we the shit. Like, they, I know they laugh at us like, nah, we, we was the shit, too, young bloods. We was the shit, too. That- that's so funny because history literally repeats itself. I can tell you the exact same story, but with another dude calling out like Josh Jones when uh, Kyle Kobe used to come back and do the like, golf outings, you know, raising money, fundraising outings, whatever. They would like get their squad together and play against us, which, I mean, you brought up that sco- story. I have a similar story, but I'll, I'll just say another one. Uh, watching Kyle work out after we play five on five for like about an hour. So he had his uh, own guy there and he was just getting some shots up. And, you know, I was a sophomore. I think I was going into my sophomore year that year. 
I remember sitting down because I was just like, yo, we're in the old gym. You don't even know about the old gym, do you? Like, you don't Man, even know. What? I had classes in the old gym. I had <laughs> classes in the old gym. Hey, th- thanks thanks for the championship center, by the way. If I've never, like, no. formally thought you for that, like, thank you, excuse me. If I never formally thank you for the championship center, I appreciate you, bro. Bro, you guys are – I I you see I make the most out of it. I come back every summer to make sure that I get my money's worth. As you should. <laughs> as you put. You put blood, sweat, and tears into that. Hey, but, bro, tell me how I was watching Kyle Carver shoot for, like, the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of his workout. I promise you, bro, like, I, I shit you not. Kyle Corver hit like 75 to 80 shots in a row, like no lie, no lie in a row. If he didn't make them all in a row, if my memory doesn't serve me correctly, he might've missed like one or two in like that stretch of like 80 some shots. He missed two shots in a row and like was the most upset individual I had ever seen. And I remember thinking to myself, like going into that stuff where you're like, okay, like this is, this is what it looks like. Like someone who like knows what his job is, like his his confidence in his own ability because of all the work that he's put in, he has the right to be upset about missing two shots in a row. When I get mad about missing three, four, five shots in a row, bro, like I got no right because like that's what it looks like because that dude made like I swear to you, bro, like 80 shots. And like I said, like if my memory doesn't serve me correctly, he might have missed one or two in that stretch. But when he missed two in a row, all hell broke loose. He was like, damn it, Kyle. Go on, Kyle, focus, Kyle. Like, talking to himself, you know, like, bigging himself up. And I remember thinking, like, that's the attitude that you got to have for real, you know? You know what's crazy, though? As you're telling this story, you know who I'm actually picturing in my head? And this is the dope thing about Creighton. This was so dope about Creighton. You know who that mm-hmm. was, like, for me, though? And, like, you're saying how history repeats itself to my story? Mm-hmm. That was Mitch, bro. And and before Mitch, you know who that probably was? Doug. So Doug like and this, Ethan, yeah, exactly, sure. and Ethan, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like in Isaiah, like all these guys, like, you know, we can go down the list. Like, it's cool to see that that's like been a consistent thing. And that's what's always been nice about like a place like Creighton. Like you get to see those guys like who really put that work in and really are at that level. Like you have access to it and you can see those dudes. Cause like, I remember watching Doug come back and work out with Preston and be on the same mm-hmm. type of time, like where like dudes would be talking, like, there would be music on and whatever, and he would come in for his workout. And he would be like, "No, nah, nah, cut the music off." Yeah, cut the music off. Time cut the music off. Let, let yeah, me get my. Let me, could, let me just get my thirty minutes. Cut the music off. Like I'll shoot yeah. after. You can cut the music on, but like, let me get my time. And so, yeah, man, it's it's yeah, that is the dope thing about Crane that it's like it, it exposes you to those you know older generations that you know that's how it trickles down. As you brought up Mitch, bro, the reason I started laughing is because like we talked about like Ethan and Doug being those type of guys too. I remember, and I don't know, maybe you have a similar story. I remember hating, like, pairing up with Ethan as, like, shooting partners. Like, let's just say, like, you get into a workout, and it's, like, you and Ethan in one basket and, like, two other people at another. Because Ethan would literally make, like, 15 in a row. And then when it's your turn to, like, shoot your 15, he'd be like, damn, Jay, you're making me run all over the place. And I only missed, like, three shots out of, like, the 15. But Bro. because he was so cash, 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 just going straight up and down the net, you just literally, like, as I'm standing right here is how I'm like underneath the basket because I know exactly where the ball's going every time. But See, if you miss two, three shots shooting with Ethan, he'll make you feel bad about it. All of that. Bro, you bring it out pain for me because <laughs> this, you want to know why? Because my freshman year, mind you, my freshman year was crazy because my freshman class was just, you know, me, Davion and Kobe. Right. And mm-hmm. so Davion obviously was like committed the first, like he was obviously like coming that year. They knew he was coming. 
Kobe was late. And then since I was a walk on, I don't, I came late too. So by the time, the time guy, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't come all summer. I, I wasn't there. Like I, I came to the like college world series. So I was there for some open gyms, but I didn't come mm-hmm. all summer. Mm-hmm. I, I like came in after like for our first workouts and I was putting, you know, the drill, like three people. And when I tell you every, I was like, not ready for the drill yet where I was at Kobe and Davion was like, damn, Stern, damn, Stern. They was like, yo, chill out. Mate, one, take your time. If you're going, I'm like, bro, that was Kobe oh. Harris for sure, bro. I know that's the voice that you were imitating just now. Kobe was like, bro, we just ran all practice. I'm not. And I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't mean right. to. I'm, I'm tired too. I'm just, I wasn't ready for this yet. Freshman oh. Jordan, man. Freshman Jordan. And that's the beautiful thing is that, like, obviously, I'm sure you learned a lot in that situation. The one thing that I learned about Ethan was actually, like, how quickly you can actually find the grooves of the ball before oh, you yeah. shoot on a catch and shoot. Because when I came out of high school, bro, however the ball touched my hand is, I was letting it fly. And I was pretty successful. But I know, isn't that weird? Like, the nuances of the game, like, we're opposite, when- bro. Ethan, Ethan was just like, bro, like, if you, like, take half a second, you can align the basketball the way that you want it to. And yeah. I never even, like, thought about that. I hadn't been coached that way. I just was coached, like, get your feet ready, have your hands, like, you know, in a position to shoot. As soon as it touches your hand, let it fly. And I never, ever thought. But Ethan taught me how to, like, spin the ball the right way. And all it takes is, like, 0.5 seconds for real. And it really doesn't take off your shot, like, time, like, how quick you're releasing. Yeah, yeah. But it certainly helps, you know, the rate of it going in. And so but Ethan's did, actually the one that taught me that. You still do it now? Oh, no. Now I do it the way Ethan taught me to. What? Not the way I used to do it back in high school, which is to find the grooves no. and let it fly. Now you just do it off the catch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the catch. Yeah, yeah. Right away. Oh, okay, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like not even second eight. Or I don't even second guess it anymore. I catch it and the ball's already kind of moving my hands to find yeah. the groove and I'm already going into my motion. Oh, like, okay. Believe okay, it or okay. not, bro. When I first got to campus, I had, like, a couple of, like, moon balls. Like, you know how, like, the ball kind of spins and stuff like that? But, like, Ethan really taught me, like, just find the grooves real quick. Like, here's how I do it. So I would pass the ball, and I would watch him, like, kind of, like, you know, like, change the placement of the ball in his hands. I was like, damn, I didn't even know you could do that for real. Yeah, so no, it, it takes – it definitely takes a year, like, to get, like, the timing down. I think in college, like, the game speeds up, like, a half a second, like – shooting wise where you have to like get your lease a little bit like that much quicker for me it was like learning how to like actually catch yeah it was it was it's the same thing actually i thought it was the other way. i thought you were saying the other way around i thought you were saying no, no, you no, like no. You, you spun it and then you learn how to catch it just right off and just shoot it i can't i still can't do that but yeah no definitely it, it takes a second to figure some little nuances of the game out once you get to the college level it's the tricks of the trade playing for shooter you for sure, which is, oh, yeah. again, I'm going to go back to this year's team. It, it is just so incredible that, you know, they're making four threes a game. Like we and talked winning about games yeah. and winning games. Like it's so unusual for us because we're used to being in that culture where we can certainly let it fly. But I still kind of high, have high hopes, I should say, that these guys are going to be able to knock down some shots down the stretch here. You already mentioned earlier that like you think, this is not something that we should necessarily get used to, but that we should just kind of accept that, you know, we're going to be able to win some close games, even though we don't blow teams out from the three-point line, which is also fine. That's my thing, because I am going, as someone who is going to the Big East tournament and going to rep the Korean Blue Jays to the fullest, you know how I do, mm-hmm. I am like, I don't mind, like, the idea of them getting in 
a battle with uh, whoever they have to play, like a, a tough game with a whoever first matchup, like a scene hall, Marquette, mm-hmm. whatever first matchup. And it being like a 62, like if, if they can pull out a 62, 58 win, like they've done it. They showed me they could do it. They just did it at home against Butler. So now if the game's low scoring, I'm, I guess this is me. I'm going to be an optimist and I'm like, I think they could pull it off, but Hey, I hope they can. I hope they think they can too. I read an ESPN article today uh, by John Gassaway. I hope I'm not mistaking his name or mispronouncing his name. I should say uh, he had a preview of like who's on the bubble for each conference. You know, scroll down to the Biggie conference. You saw that he put in uh, Creighton is just teetering on the in or out line. Uh, my opinion is that this team is for sure not large team especially if they're able to maintain a top five position in the Big East standings. Uh, what say you, Jordan Scurry, uh, top five? Are the Jays going to be an at-large at large team for sure? Or do you think they're going to have to do a little bit more in the Big East tournament in order to really secure that last that bid into the NCAA tournament? Um, I think, like, if you, you mean if, like, the season ended today? No, I'm saying, like, if they happen to be just a little bit out of the top, let's just say they end up six in the Big East. Do you think there's still room for them to be an at-large team? Because yeah. I don't know if you looked at the standings mm. in the top 25. We got five teams in there right now. Yeah. No, I think I think there is room for them to be, yeah, top six. I think so. I think the Big East could get six, seven teams in the tournament mm-hmm. this year, depending on how conference play and, like, who wins the conference tournament and, uh, yeah, just who wins games in the conference tournament goes. So, I think they do need to, I think, win the games they're supposed to win. Take that for what you will for the rest of the season. Win the games they're supposed to win. And then they I don't think that make if they win the games they're supposed to win for the rest of the season, I don't necessarily think that makes them an at-large bid. They're gonna have to win if this like if the big east tournament were to start today, I would say they have to win two big east games to make the tournament. Quarterfinals, semifinals, you said they have to make it to the finals of the biggest tournament if it ended today well because where would they be what is what, what position are they in today because i, I think there'd be like fifth or whatever fifth or sixth so that means i did have that quarterfinals game they would get like you know like the bottom four play that play-in game essentially but they would get that quarterfinal game for sure all right all right if they if they if season ended today i would need they just one, have to win one i would need one big east win yep yeah, I, I agree. If they end up being like top six, top five, I think they still need to win that quarterfinal game. If, yep. And then you know how big East tournament goes. Anything could happen after that. Like yeah. they could mess around and win the semifinals. They could mess around and win the yeah. whole thing if they like play the yeah. way they played against Villanova. Like if, as far as I'm concerned. Um, That's what I'm hoping. I think, yeah, <laughs> for them to solidify that at-large bid for sure. They I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the threes are just broken game. right now and then they get yeah. fixed and then they just <laughs> go on a tear at the end of the season. Hey, get, just, hey, again, being an optimist, days. being an get optimist, I got to speak it into existence. Yeah, this, like I said, this is the most biased Pro Jays podcast. So this is the place to be super optimist, bro. I'm, bro, I appreciate your time so much. Before I let you go, definitely got to ask you a few quick questions for sure. Please, I got to put you on the spot. Favorite yeah, I got to leave. Play in. Oh, huh? Love this question. Love yeah. this question. Favorite arena to play in? Favorite arena. Century Link, obviously. So on the road. Big the East. Midi, favorite arena to play in? Centos, bro. Actually? Yeah, Centos. Xavier? I like Centos. This is why, and I have I have reasoning for it. 
I have reasoning. I have reasoning. I have reasoning. And it is it is a cursed place because like one of my worst memories happened there, but like mm-hmm. with Maurice Lumbro. But anyway, that's a bad way to intro this. Um, it is my favorite because one we had like I think it, it's dope. It's modern, like it's so like super nice. I like the build of it. Two mm-hmm. won there twice, and it's really fun to win when the crowd is on your back left and they right. talking shit all game Mad and they right shit. there yeah. and so to win when the game is over and just look at everybody's face who is just talking shit mm-hmm. and have to watch them leave and can't really say anything besides oh you didn't play and i'm like whatever yeah yeah look yeah, at the scoreboard yeah i'm like whatever <laughs> like okay um that was really cool too that was the first Big East road place where we got smoothies on the road because they got their fitness center in the arena. So after we won there, shout out to Xavier. After we beat them, they nice that they gave us some smoothies. And so that was dope. And they got the nice like, I don't know why I'm going on. I'm, I'm promoting their university. I don't, I don't know why. When you walk, <laughs> when you walk to their, when you walk to their, uh, like when you come in from the visiting bus, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to your locker room, you have the like dope hallway where they have like their training facility, like everything. And then they also have like their hot tub, cold tub, everything. And then they have like all the jerseys of all their pros on the wall. So, right. I guess young Jordan was just enamored with that and all of that. Of so course. that's where that, that was my, that, that was the place believe, I thought was I can't believe smoothies is part of your decision making. Bro, what? Did you see they have a whole smoothie bar in there? Like, we don't have like we, we're not there yet we don't have nowhere else has that yet like a place where it's an actual attendant i don't know i'm just saying you're killing me bro that's so funny keeping it up hey like, man you said i could be honest right no absolutely and i love the honesty for sure but i do have to say like this is the first on the welcome to the j podcast like everybody else has said like you know maybe msg you know like uh at Villanova, winning at Villanova, like they said, you're talking about since I was three years old. Right. So first, first of all, first of all, first of all, I never won at Nova for two uh-huh. two of the years I was there. Nova, we played at uh, Wells Fargo because uh, they were yeah. under construction. Um, where else? Georgetown. Eh. Um, honestly, like, well, I will say, all right, this is the, the good ad because my answer didn't suffice for your question, I guess. The no, coolest. Really. Hey, no, 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 no. But straight up. No, no, no. You good. You good. But straight up. So I have this on record because I actually have, I've never said this one because I've actually mm-hmm. talked about like how I like I thought Xavier's arena was dope on Scary and the Scrub. But coolest arena overall I've ever, ever played at Golden One Center where we play URI freshman year in the NCAA tournament in Sacramento. Yeah. Bro, mm-hmm. unreal. Like the like. It, it felt like I was in Cowboy Stadium because, like, the, the windows, you, they have the backdrop. So, like, when you're at the free throw line, like, you can see the sun setting. It's trippy. It's cool. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. yeah. So I've never been to Sacramento now that I think about it, bro. Like, is it even worth the trip down if you're not hooping? No. 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 <laughs> we went. We it was we were it, it was like an AAU trip, man. Like, you know, when you took those AAU trips, like, to. Yeah like florida or wherever and you just stay on the strip it was like there was the hotel grounds and then you drove mm-hmm. to the arena and there was a city but like there there wasn't much in between at least when we were out there i didn't see much so favorite restaurant in omaha come on you got me come on, on. Spot. 
Oh, that, bro, that's what I'm here for. Come on now. I got to go with the best burger of my life, Dinkers, man. <laughs> Let's go. Dinkers, yeah, you know bro. what it is. That is a, you might be the first one to this answer, too. Ha. Oh, what? No one said Dinkers? Bro, you know, Nebraska and Omaha, especially, it's state capital of the world. So a lot of the homies are talking about like Drover. And, oh, like, that's you know that, I mean? like, oh, they, like that. oh, they, they put mahoganies sure. on the map. Mahoganies is but the goat. The that's way, the goat. like, I love that you went burger route, which is like totally mm-hmm. American of you. I certainly appreciate that. And then, like, for the breakfast um, lovers, oh, it's been on. like Lisa's Radio, you know, like, places like that. Oh, Leavenworth of course, Cafe. Of course. So, like, the fact that you mm-hmm. went straight burger route, you might be the first guy that went straight burger route. Um, we've had some of the guys like who play overseas. I asked them what's their first meal whenever they get back to Omaha, and like you'd be surprised how like cheap those options are. These Bro, are what I'm going, I'm going right to Dinkers. I'm getting the Blue Jay burger Bro. with the pitcher. <laughs> talk to me nice. So we had Justin Carter and like Will Artino talk about uh, Chick Fil A, but that's because dudes have been away from home for like ten months. They just trying to get like. Oh yeah, no, that's that's y'all. That's y'all pros. That's y'all pros. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's 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 what that is. That's. But I do appreciate the Dinkers reference for sure. Uh, your, I think a lot of people appreciate that one. Your co-host asked us a question on Twitter. I, I'd be remiss to not ask this. He yeah, wants to that's know a good one. Who's man. on your Mount Rushmore of the Mac era of creating players with the most swag, either with their game or off the court? So, give me four. Most this is swag. A, you have. Is it? I, I, I can tell you. I swag. Tell you is it swag point. off the court? It's just swagger. Like for whatever off. reason, like you see them off the court, or maybe the way that they play, the way that they present themselves, how they talk to the media. Whenever you think about these guys, you just like dudes got swag. I can tell you top four off rip. Go ahead. Oh, you that much you right got now. it. Go ahead. You got yeah. off rip. I don't have off rip. So go ahead. Number one, all-star DJ. Bro, DJ's got swag. You know me, I'm a sneaker. I'm a sneakerhead. DJ's sneaker game is crazy. I remember when he was on the podcast, like, that was one of the persons we talked about. Just like, bro, what you got going for him, like, for the rest of the year? And he had told me at the time, like, hey, hey, pay attention. Pay attention to what I got going on. Homie started bringing out some exclusive Kyrie, some exclusive Kobe's. I was like, yeah. That's swag. And, like, the thing I love most about DJ is, like, he's kind of an introvert in the sense of, like, uh, he's not, like, too loud or, like, he's not, like, a social media presence per se, but he lets his play do the talking and he mm. lets his, like, fits do the talking. Mm. So that's that's facts. Really, that's facts. Really, really like. So Yo, I, I raise DJ. Do you agree with that? Would you put him on I, I, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put DJ on mine, too, also, because I'll add it's the – he has the cool factor like he yeah. when and because you didn't go to school him yo when he he has that factor like when he's in your class mm-hmm. like like people used to make the like joke obviously about michael jordan i joke with him because i talk about he looks like young michael all the time i used to call him <laughs> young michael but anyway uh you could tell when he's in your class man like he is somebody like when when you in class with dude like Everybody looks at him in class like, oh no, he's somebody. That's somebody. Right. Like he's somebody. He got he's that he gets that cool factor. So he's right. on there. That's he's on there. We'll put him on there. And for me, obviously, you didn't go to school with this guy, Austin Chapman, bro. Austin Chapman is the coolest cat you've seen thus far. I'm talking oh, about no. Like, I knew Chat was the first dude I seen work out with an Apple Watch on. That's how I knew he was cool. Bro, that's how I knew he was cool. <laughs> Chat is on his own deal all the time, all day, every day. How about I tell you, like, Chat is the dude who actually introduced me that, like, Nike trainers could be fashionable. 
Like yeah. he he came out with like some Nike free runs. I was just like, damn, what'd you get those? He had like the rainbow joints. I'm like, I need a couple pair of those, you know what I mean? And mm. he's just always so low-key with his swag. But every time you looked at him, you're just like, yo, homie over there doing something different. And like he always kind of wanted to know, like, hey, what you wearing, bro? Like, what's that? And he's like, oh, this man, this ain't none. You know what I mean? Like another introvert, another like kind of introvert who's not super loud, like as far That's as true. like you know what he does That's in front true. of people. But like Austin is like super low key. He keeps to himself, which I actually love about him. But like his swag is undeniable. So he he would be number two for me. All right, now now I think I know where you're going with this. So who you got next? Mm-hmm. This is where I throw a curveball at your ass. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Big swag. Say what you That's want. What to That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I know. You said curveball. Hey, okay, all right, fine. I thought maybe it might have been a curveball, but say what you want about Will or Tino, bro, but you want to talk about someone that's, like, pretty secure in himself because here comes a, like, obviously in my era, super lanky, almost seven-footer, like, you know, kind of looks awkward at times because he's the tallest guy in the room wherever he goes. And at that time, like, he was super skinny, super scrawny. Like, the college weight did not hit him at all. But, bro, you want to talk about someone that was, like, super secure within himself? Like... He knew, like, sometimes he looked goofy. He would make fun of himself. Like, sometimes he was the cool guy in the room. He would even make fun of that, too. But, like, he was always just such a fun, cool prince to have around. And I just think, like, obviously, like, we dubbed him Big Swag. It kind of came, like, a little bit as, like, an ironic joke at first. Right, right. But talk about a guy that grew into that nickname for real. Like, by my senior year, bro, everyone was just like, yo, you know what? Like, Will is one of those guys he says he want to have around. Like, he's a good time. He's a good dude. And, and most of all, bro, he's, like, a really loyal friend. Like, for real, for real. Like, the type of guy, like, that would do anything for you. So, big flag definitely up there on my Mount, Mount Rushmore of, like, the Coach Mack era. I will I, – I have to put – I got to put swag on mine, too, just because swag – swag was – swag was – he made, like, wearing Crocs and, and, and like, moccasins to practice. He made that shit cool. He made that shit cool when when I was, like, he made, he made it cool to be, like, look bummy, but, like, also a basketball player. Like, he was big length, but also was, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw some swag on this. And he was, right. like, I'm going to wear some, like, slippers to practice, like, or from practice and carry a water jug. So, yeah, no, that was I, – I feel that. I'll, I'll put him on there, too. And I love it because, like I said, like uh, when Grant Gale said it at Blue Jay Madness, I think it was my sophomore year, like, hey, from now on, Will Artino will be dubbed as Big Swag. And like most of the crowd kind of laughed, but Will took it and ran with it, bro. And like before you know it, like I remember going out to dinner with him every once in a while. And you know how like when you're out and about in Omaha, fans are just going to walk up to you, you know, talk to you if they recognize you, which is all, all well. Like I love that. Will loved it, too. But then you'd have, like, kids start saying, hey, Big Swag, like, actually calling him out as his name, calling him Big Swag. I was like, damn, like, and Will just ran with it, was signing autographs, taking pictures with the kids and all that stuff. So I thought, like, just for him to be confident enough to, like, step into that lane when he just kind of got thrusted in there was was pretty cool, too. And then uh, I want to hear your fourth before I say my fourth. Cause so no, no, my no, 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 you got to go because I have, I have one. Um, if you take it. I'll be really mad. I'll be really because it's. I think it's the only. Hey. It's the only one. I think when I think of like, it would have been my number one if we if I would have gone first. Like, oh, so, so I don't know if I don't know if we're on the same page on this one. Then okay, great. Will, so you go first. You go. I'll say I'll say Marcus Foster, and this is strictly like wow. swagger. 
Because okay. in my opinion, hey, Marcus, okay. come on the show and defend yourself. I don't think your, your style oh. is that great, my dude. Okay. But on the court, you talk about like a guy mm. has the utmost confidence in his. No, ability. yeah. On court swag. Is. And he was zero. 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 Shoot, That's tough. Defend when he wants to. Post up little guys like, oh, what you going to do? Nothing. He had the two sleeves. Like, he had the two sleeves. Yeah. yeah. And, and like the ability to bark at opponents and back it up. Yeah, swagger, bro. Yeah. He had the celebrations to the camera. Like, yeah. he had the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he bro. was all on and it. And we'll go baseline and dunk on your ass, too. Yeah. All of that. Yeah, and scream Talk after he dunked. Yep. Yep. Okay. Incredible swag. Okay, I'm going to go. See, here's my thing, though. When I So now that we're on this, like, now I'm understanding. Like, my number one, it's got to, like, I got to throw my man. I got to throw Ronnie on there. Ronnie Hurray. Ronnie Harrell, man. Ronnie, because Ronnie had, because if if, if we being real too, Ronnie had, he went through all the hair progressions. Like Ronnie as a freshman, Ronnie had the the buzz cut with the clean wave game lined up as a freshman. And then by senior year, he had the dreads and and it was like the jerseys we wore in those years. Like he went from like the week, the first big, like the first big East jerseys that were basically Mm. just like upgraded Missouri Valley to like when we got the, the blue collar NCAA tournaments yep. and the, when we started to get the black leggings, the black hold, sleeves. Hold on, hold on. Let's talk about this because I need to talk about the jersey progression of the Jays over the years. Can you imagine that my senior year was the first year that we brought out the gray jerseys? Bro, I, see, I still see I still see you pictures of you in jerseys and I'm like, Bro. how did you run that fast in that? That must have been heavy. The, the the really loyal traditional Crane fans weren't loving it. They were like, we're white and blue. We are the white and the blue. They were not messing yeah. with the gray jerseys at all. So now, what they, now, now what they talk about. Now what they talk about. Maybe. Baby blue. When I said the baby blue, I was like, yo. Yeah. Y'all you owe me a jersey or two, bro. Come on now. Yeah, no, my senior year, I was like, yo, I went, we just, I went to a new school, yo. This is crazy, yo. I got a whole new, like, yeah, no. Nah. I, I love, I love the baby blue. I love the baby. Yeah. Blue. Oh, the baby blue hits, bro. I'm not gonna baby lie. I'm hits. very jealous. Every time they brought, it, I think they brought it like two games in a row a couple of weeks ago. I was upset. I'm yeah. like, you're gonna bring it out at home and on the road? Uh-uh, yeah. nah, you can't do that. I like it better because I don't yeah. like the whole like all these teams are like copping out and like getting black jerseys now. Mm-hmm. Like you see Duke, Duke obviously got the black. Like I don't even think because it don't even fit Duke. I think, in, I like, think team. black is, black like, has been in their color pattern in my opinion because I I remember like Duke teams. Duke, okay. I've seen growing okay. up yeah. have a couple of black. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. a JJ Reddick black. Duke yeah, jersey, no, for sure, I mean? for sure, for so. sure, for sure. But I just think it's like. That's just the traditional route for like I think black or blue and white teams to go. It's like mm-hmm. oh they'll they'll go get like a button. I'm like no 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 let's get that light blue like or they'll get just a gray like and because you guys had gray with Doug right like yeah yeah, yeah we had, that was my you had the gray year. yeah the we did it yeah. you had the gray and then we did like they tried like even my freshman year we still had remember the anthracite we had the anthracite. Yeah, that's I said dark gray, but that's what yeah. I meant. Was, oh, you know, those no, because you no, yo, there was two, there was two, bro, there was two, there was two, there was because there was the light gray that mm-hmm. you guys wore. Because I remember being a senior in high school watching you guys in the NCAA tournament against Carolina. Like that year, you guys had light gray jerseys, and then uh, no, that was you against Baylor. That was in North Carolina was a couple of years before that, but I know which one you're talking about. Though. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, that was against so, Baylor. Yeah. Okay, so against that one, but then anyway. The jersey switch, I just like that the route that they took with the going light blue. Yeah. I think it, it's fitting. 
I, I think it's fitting that we end the conversation on that note, bro. Look, sure. skirt, skirt, you got to come back to Omaha this summer, bro. Let's chop it up. Hey, let's man, let's it. do a thing. Big 12 energy, like you said. There's Big 12 energy, man. Let's do a whole thing. Let's get everybody out there. Let's have this ongoing debate. What is the best it. team in the Mac era? I want to hear more on it. We need more people's thoughts. So appreciate hey. you for having me, man. Bro. And not only that, let's extend it out to the Tolliver teams, the Kyle Corver team. I want to hear it all. Yo, get everyone. I want to hear it all. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, see, we're doing it already. The thing we were saying, we're already there. They're probably going to be like, how dare you even say that that's the only two teams? I'm like, yeah, nah, my bad, my bad. All right, let's 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 get it going. Let's get it going. Appreciate you, bro. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the Fieldless 68 Media Network. I am your host, Johannes Maniga. This has been our 15th guest of season two of the Welcome to the J podcast, Jordan Scurry. AKA 12, bro. I love you, bro. Let's go. Love, bro. Much love. Appreciate you. Yes, let's get together. Uh, As always, make sure you guys stay safe and go Jays. Go Jays, baby. Mm